0: I'm Clemmie Telford, and it's time to get open and get honest. Each week, I interview a guest about a topic that we, as a society, often shy away from. From sex lives to salaries, life and death, religion and real bodies, no subject is off the table. Welcome to Honestly, the podcast. Martha is one of my go-to people when I need a sanity check, which happens quite often. A psychotherapist, a fellow mum of three and now author, she has a very special way of giving guidance that walks the line between professional insight and personal experience and it makes for a powerful combination. There are snippets of advice from this live episode on Overwhelm that I have revisited time and time again. I hope you find it as useful as I did. Hello everyone, thank you so much for Coming out tonight, I know what a massive achievement that is, especially if you've got kids. Once upon a time, we just used to pop out on a night out, and now it's like a a huge operation. So I really, really appreciate that. A couple of other thank yous. Thank you to our sponsor, Destinology, uh, who I have been a customer of before. I went on an amazing holiday with them a couple of years ago. And the reason they're great is that holidays are obviously a complete... Um, game changer when it comes to overwhelm but the problem is when you're really overwhelmed is it's actually really hard to get your shit together to book a holiday and they are kind of old school in that you get a travel assistant throughout the whole process they even managed to find us a whole range of different hotels where you could sleep five people in one bedroom which if anyone has got three kids that is a no easy feat. So, yeah, thank you to them and thank you to the Hoxton for having us. And, of course, thank you to you, oh, Thanks for having me. I'm, am
1: I right in saying this is one of the first times you've kind of been out in the yeah. evening? post? in over a year. So Florence hasn't had her bedtime feed. So I haven't, Yes, yeah, it's, it's actually, I was, I was going in the opposite direction to everyone How did going they feel? home. I felt like... Alive Like I was escaping <laughs> No it's exciting But thank you because that's a oh, massive compliment No
0: it's an honour to be here So the name of the game of this podcast is Honestly And um, we start with a quick fire round to get us both Gosh. in the mood Are you ready? I think so Nothing too scary I don't think <laughs> Okay on a scale of 1 to 10 how fun are you? 7 Quite solid?
1: Yeah I think it it depends <laughs> 7 Seven's good Yeah is that alright? I wouldn't go 10. I wouldn't judge you. I wouldn't go one. Just a little bit. Okay, seven is. On a scale of one to 10, how popular are you? I don't know. This is very hard to answer. Amongst my children when I've got chocolate, 10. (laughs) On a scale of one to 10, how rebellious are you? Four. Again, completely depends how you catch me.
0: You can be wild.
1: I can just go a little bit wild, but I never really break the rules. Like, my wild is kind of coming out of the house after 7pm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't call that a huge act of rebellion, but, you know. Yep. Favourite colour? Purple. Ooh, you're quick. Has that been a long-standing favourite? Yeah, favorite? but I don't
1: actually know if it's true anymore.
0: I'm just used to saying that. <laughs> what, since you're about six? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cabra's purple.
0: Stick with it. I'm staying with it. Most prized possession?
1: Uh, oh gosh, this is really hard.
0: You've got to go with your life. I mean,
1: it- my gut instinct is not what I want to say. It's say like, it.
0: No. <laughs> your phone. Yeah, but that's probably really, really true.
1: It is true. The it's panic. Everything when you've on been, it. You've that's lost like the- all my photos on. Okay, your
0: phone. Well done for being honest. I was being honest. How would you describe your relationship with money?
1: Um, up and down. My childhood setting is we didn't really have much, but being older, our bank account's a bit healthier. So I find it, I, I live on two different levels, mm-hmm. like internally I'm quite frugal. So it it feels it's a very different dynamic, mm. Having not having to kind of be so careful in every way like I did growing up. It's that's not hard. a one-word answer.
0: I didn't, I didn't say one okay. word. OK, oh, although it's all right. Was it, okay, it was it's an... me
1: being a rebel. <laughs> that's my rebellion. I've just shot to a ten.
0: <laughs> um, do you believe in reincarnation or life after death?
1: Life after death. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Categoric. I know the answer to this because We've just discussed it at length, but what star sign are you?
1: I'm a Virgo, Would but you... apparently you think I might have a little bit of something else on I first on find Exotic? it... Exotic? I
0: just... Many Virgos that I know... <laughs> I would not be as vulnerable as you are mm. online. No, I,
1: I want to go and like read, read yeah, about that. You
0: need to find out what time yeah, you've gone.
1: I'm intrigued.
0: <laughs> Sorry for anyone who thinks this is bullshit, but you know I'm into it. <laughs> um, so humour me. What do you want to be remembered for?
1: Just encouraging people that things don't have to be the way that we're used to them being. That there's so much more. Yeah.
0: And three words your inner critic or imagined worst enemy would use to describe you. My
1: inner critic. Sorry. Would- say not good enough. That's what I'm always fighting against.
0: Yeah. But now to get on to the really interesting (laughs) bit, and the reason I've got you here is to talk about overwhelm. Now, this event amazingly sold out twice. We had it in a smaller room and then we come to the bigger room and it sold out as well. And either you all love Anna and I, which I hope that is the case, but more that many, many of us are trying to deal with Mm -hmm. overwhelm. So kind of a bit of a trick question, I'm sorry. But can you tell the audience a bit about yourself? Who you are, what you do? Who
1: I am. So I'm Anna, mum of three. I sit in my house in Surrey with the kids trying to juggle life. And I just, I'm so passionate about talking about anxiety and talking about intrusive thoughts. I just want to... I. I want to say normalise, but I kind of don't want to normalise. I want I want people to realise that just because things are normal for other people doesn't mean it has to be their normal. So just because things are common doesn't, doesn't mean, mean okay. have to, it has to be normal. So my brain... Just doesn't stop. You know how some people like thinking images, and some people thinking pictures, think, and some yeah. people thinking stories. I just think in words. Mm, me too. I wish it would. I wish it would like calm down a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Quite but but I yeah, writing is. It's always been a therapy to me.
0: So the reason I said that that was a bit of a trick question is is again uh, learning from myself. But now when people say, "Oh, you know, tell me about yourself and what do you do," it's like, "Oh, wow." Once upon a time, you'd be like a one-word, two-word yeah. answer. And now you can't even begin to. In fact, I tried to do it. I'm going to read it out. (laughs) I'm a mother, a wife, a friend, a sister, a podcaster, a blogger, an Instagrammer, a daughter, a client, an employee, a provider, advisor, planner, chef, cuddler, personal assistant, nurse, counsellor, role model, taxi, sounding board, and supposedly sometimes a lover.
1: Are you tired? (laughs) I'm tired listening uh, to that. And that
0: list is absolutely transferable. And there's many things that we didn't even think, you know. I'm just saying, so bloody well booked day.
1: We've all got to be costume designers no. as well. Oh, no. I said to Oscar, you can have what's in the dressing up box and we'll find a book to go with it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, you know,
0: when we think, oh, it feels like a lot, it's because it, it is a lot, a lot isn't and it? And it feels
1: hard because it is.
0: Yeah. It is. And that's a fact. I've really noticed yeah. a thing that I keep doing every Sunday or Monday. I go, right, I've just got to get through this week
1: mm. and
0: get through this checklist of stuff and it'll be all right. But the problem is...
1: That's life And If then. you say That's that every single gone. Sunday or Monday. What are we living yeah. for the next weekend or the end of the to-do list or when will we get the break? When, yeah, when do you stop? That's why you have to find ways to give yourself breaks along the way.
0: So tell me about your experience of overwhelm <clears> and how it shows up for you.
1: Oh, I live life at 100 miles an hour. I think that, I'd say it's a bit of a set default, but at the same time, I'm very much fueled. like I'm, I'm a natural perfectionist um, and that's something I really have to fight against. I I live very fast. I do things very fast. I'm very efficient. But then I crash. I have these crashes. And I think the worst the worst crash was two years ago. And it's not something I've really spoken about that much. And I didn't speak about, about it at the time because it just felt too raw. But two years ago, I think my Instagram had been going for a little bit. It started going down the mental health route. I started it for uh, interior. interior design just to kind of screenshot <laughs> lamps because I was making my friends. Very bored of my WhatsApp messages (laughs) of tiles. So that's why I started it. And then it kind of (laughs) segued into mental health and anxiety. And I think I was getting so many messages, and I was just about, I was was seeing a couple of clients in my living room at home, just about covering childcare costs. All I felt was that I I had nothing left. I was living from empty, like Mm. scraping the bottom of the barrel. Taryn would you know, want to collect me on the sofa. And I would just be like, wow, that is just too much. You want something from me and I can't give it. I haven't got you just another person that wants something from me. And I just had this massive kind of burnout. It was really ugly, really ugly. He was treading on eggshells because he was like, I just don't even know how to look in your direction without you flying off the handle but that's Mm. you know that's That's how it was there was there was no text message from a friend just even asking me how I was that wouldn't push me over the edge of that's just another person I have to reply to Mm. and what really scared me actually was how I think this massive sense of failure like I am not enough I am not enough and the, the, sen- the further sense of failure that I'm a therapist and I've been doing this for about 10 years, kind of working with people through stress, kind of really know myself quite well. This burnout just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I think, you know, oh, it's just, it feels so sudden, these moments where we just feel completely flawed. Mm. But really, when I look back, it was quite incremental. Mm. But I just, it was like, have you ever heard of that analogy with a frog and a pan of boiling water? And if you turn the heat up slowly, it's not going to jump out. But if you suddenly slammed it on, it would be like, what the heck? You know, I'm out of here. And I think burnout is often like quite incremental. Mm. And I, it scared me. This energy would just come over me and it was just, it was so self-destructive. I think because I've been expecting so much of myself and expecting to fulfill all these different roles, all those different hats that mm. you were talking about. And I couldn't do it. Mm. So the only person I had to blame was myself. And I thought there's got to be more for me than these just you know this roller coaster mm. of like i'm living life at 100 miles an hour oh my gosh don't even touch me cuz you're asking yeah. too much i'm living like you know and it just felt like i was constantly firefighting myself that's you know that's one of the experiences of burnout but i get that on a micro level yeah, exactly. really often. that's why i was
0: listening to you and, and thinking it's funny you should say that self-critical thing because yeah. what i've learned from myself is that overwhelm tends to show up in three key ways one when i start saying the house is messy now for context our house is always messy but mm. because i've got three kids in it but if, if it starts bothering me i'm like that is, means my my mind is messy. The other one is that the moment I start being critical of my body is actually my default when I'm overwhelmed, which feels really disconnected, but I just know that that is that mm. self-sabotage kind of thing. Yeah. And then the third, which is really counterintuitive, is that the more stressed I am and more overwhelmed I am, the more I take on. So my key coping strategy is like, I'll do it, yep, I'll yeah. do it. I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that and to yeah. try and steady the ship. But of course, you're not steadying but the you, ship. But
1: you know, you say that's counterintuitive when often at the bottom of this, when we strip back all those layers, it comes down to this belief that we are worth what we do. So if if that is being challenged in you, then it, it kind of in a weird way makes sense. You just, gonna just gonna do more. Yourself. I've got to prove myself. It's like that like that kind I'm, of good girl mentality, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely, but those are your red flags, and it's really helpful to know that. Like, yeah. I would always encourage people know what your red flags are because with overwhelm, it is often that kind of incremental build up. So, learning to recognise what those red flags are it's is a huge, so helpful. It's huge help. Yeah, so you're not firefighting it when you're sitting on the kitchen floor.
0: No, yeah, exactly. on a Friday I've definitely afternoon. been in that place. But yeah, yeah. we both talked about the Friday afternoon effect, which is just like you can be having a great week and just suddenly, yeah, you're like this. And I actually thinking out loud this partly because you get to Friday afternoon and you're still surprised that you haven't got that chilled weekend in front of you that you're going to get up on Saturday and you're going to go I'm going to parent again today yeah I'm going to get exactly the same amount of sleep there is no night out
1: I think for me also it's the fact that my husband's not around in the week so I know that he's coming home on a Friday I never quite know what time but it's like you know when you kind of flop before the finish line you see it so close and you're like I'm I'm done and you kind of like hobble your way there that's what but it is you know it. that's telling me something is that I'm there there. is stuff that I need to do during the week to protect myself from that kind of actually by Friday I've got nothing left in the tank I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel and I'm struggling to be patient with the kids I'm that inner critics really you know Ramping up. Yeah. And then my husband comes in and he actually bought me some flowers the other day on the Friday. I, as th- soon as the doorbell went, I started crying. Aww. And he was there like I got I got these flowers and I ran. I just went upstairs and was like I'm done. I'm done. You know, and it's about thinking, well, the that's like a exist. mini roller coaster. You know, and it's like a micro version of the of the massive burnout. It's not it's not a sustainable way to live.
0: It really isn't. We, I already know the answer to this question, but of course, motherhood is a massive contributor to this mm. because because there is no respite. And I, the most crucial thing about any kind of overwhelm is is finding space for rest, isn't it?
1: Yep, it is. And I think we can find a lot more space than often we feel mm-hmm. we can. They did this kind of study of like the women's responsibilities in the home, and they're saying, yeah, we we have more pressure. But we're not necessarily doing a lot a lot more stuff, but we think we are. Oh, wow, that's... And that was such a, like, oh, crikey, well, I can't, like, I need to explore that a little bit more for myself. And then I felt really challenged. It was like, you know, when you kind of do something with your eyes half shut. And I looked at the usage on my phone and I was like, oh, that's a hours. lot. There's hours that goes there. And, 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 and no wonder I'm feeling like I'm always having to do something because I am always doing something. Mm. We don't stop. It's the motherhood. It's the otherhood. It's the mental load. It's the emotional load. It's, but it's it, just a as lot.
0: As we were talking about earlier between us, you know, once upon a time you'd stand in the queue at the post office or you'd be on a flight or you'd be on a train or you'd, you'd be, there'd be these just moments, wouldn't there?
1: Little, yeah. little pockets of rest yeah. and reflection and they've all gone. That's, we've, it's all gone. And I think that's what we need to start putting back. But to do that, we have to acknowledge that we're gonna start feeling some of the feelings that we're often trying to avoid in those behaviors. You know, the stress, the frustration, the sadness, the grief, the loneliness. I sat on the train and I kept saying to myself, I'm going to put my phone away and look out the window because no one does that. Like yeah. really, I was looking around, there's one girl reading a book and I saw a man. I was like, he's not on his phone. He's not got a book and I saw he was asleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I kept challenging myself just to put my phone in my bag and just look out the window. Went for a really long tunnel, got back out again. The but, you know, when you daydream, when you when you think, when you stop, you're letting the feelings in. There are feelings there that want to be heard, you know, and I think... Often we use the phone to kind of fill in the gaps, but actually we're really efficient with it. So we're often doing stuff. You could be doing your shop and going to get through the admin. But actually there's so much value in the stillness. We're mm. just really uncomfortable with it, a lot of us. And, you know, if you imagine sitting in a room for an hour with nothing, you know, what, like that, that, that feels a little bit. Some of us that might feel like an absolute luxury, get me in there. But for the majority of us, it's like, oh, you know, we have to sit with ourselves. Do we actually want to be with ourselves? And like, what does that mean for us? And if we're going to find rest, which we can more than we like to think we can, when we look at the usage of our phone and not saying, well, there, you've been on your phone for four hours, therefore you could have had that four hours. Because mm. we know that it's kind of drip, yeah, it's fed through, through the, the day, yeah. but it's just like the little pauses of like, could you have done something that would nourish you in that three minutes? Could you have read a page of a book? Could you have reflected on a memory? You know, could you have done something that would give something from you? Like, how often do we feel like we've really got something or we've been fed mm. by a quick scroll? And you can feel it in your own brain, can't you,
0: How you're, what, what you're doing on your phone? You know, that mindless scroll yeah. feels horrible. Ooh, Whereas, yeah, if you're it. reading a, a newspaper article on the phone, it's got a very different sensation, yeah. isn't it? You have to check yourself. I, you I do. So often that I delete Instagram basically every day, make myself work but I've you have to be really comfortable with the fact that I know that I go to do it and then I've I've watched the moments that I go to do it and it's when Ooh. I'm trying to exit out of something yep, yep. oh I don't want to think about that oh I don't you know and you're like oh I'm going to going to flick onto it and it actually it doesn't take long for that to subside once it's off there that's it
1: it's a habit average phone users go on their phone two point six thousand times a day and that's an average phone user I'm not an average phone user like I'm definitely not an average phone user I don't know if a huge amount of us would class ourselves as an average phone user but I was thinking the other day about and I had this like picture and it was like can you imagine like a big glass jar and you've got you've got these big pebbles right and they are they signify different parts of your life it might be family it might be work it might be friendships and you plop them into the jar and there's natural there's space around it there's like air around it and if you think about before phones you know that space would signify the stillness the moments in between things the pauses and that's the daydreams like that's when we daydream and we just like look out the window and we just have a think think about stuff maybe you get a nice idea maybe you'd think about a friend or family Mm. member or a nice memory or you know And now it's imagine like getting a bag of sand and just pouring it in that jar. And like all of that space is full. Mm. You know, we fill all of that space that actually has such a purpose. And I don't know about how you guys sleep, but when I'm overwhelmed, I will wake up in the night and I will not be able to get back to sleep. Because, you know, all the space that we fill in the day that we would normally have spent kind of just processing, we don't have that anymore. Mm. So often we find that our sleep is interrupted because... Our emotions are like, and our thoughts and our concerns are like, hello, it's, Here you're we doing go. anything else. Everything like, you've ever done now, wrong in your now life. Now you'll listen to me. Yeah. Now you'll listening to me. And can you remember that Dido song? I'm <laughs> so lonely. I don't even want to be with myself anymore. You know, we're so surrounded. We're so full. We're so stimulated that actually when there's stillness and quiet. It's
0: really uncomfortable.
1: Flipping uncomfortable. Like I can speak for myself, but it, I'm really trying to learn just to enjoy my own space that isn't filled with something guided meditation is a really easy
0: way in in a minute I'm going to tell you know I asked the people of Instagram I asked Mm -hmm. them if they meditate because actually this is a real trigger for me because I'm regularly told that I should meditate but now meditation is becoming which I don't do I feel a guilt around it it's like
1: this is a self-care thing when you just think, well, I need to do some self-care. Yeah. That's just like another little, thing yeah. on my list. I do
0: bloody want to meditate. Oh. Well, I do, but don't make me feel guilty about it. And then you think, God, yeah. everyone else is meditating. They're not. No, I did laugh no. about that trend on Instagram in January. Everyone was getting up at five to do these things. They soon went quiet, didn't they, after a few weeks.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> like that didn't last your journaling. Stay <laughs> journaling. in bed. Stay in bed and have an hour to Do you sleep. know what, though? Contradictory to that, I do get up earlier than the kids now. Because I was finding that there was no space for me in the day. Well that's it, that's why I don't
0: meditate. When do you meditate as a as a parent?
1: And now I, dead, yeah. I just do it in bed before I get up. I just put a thing on and I and I don't do it every day and I have to really work hard at not feeling like you know when you kind of you miss a page in your book yeah. at school and you're like, crap, I missed the page, like you kind of want to rip it out so not you can't see it that you've Hello, Virgo That was me, <laughs> Virgo. There we go. But finding that space had to put that back in there somewhere and at the I'm, minute that's all.
0: I don't have my phone upstairs, so Good. I do lie in bed before I go to sleep and in the morning and sit with my thoughts. So that Good. is a kind of meditation. Yeah. I don't don't look at my phone till I made a cup of tea, so that is actually sometimes twenty five minutes that's after amazing. working. That's I a big could t- definitely
1: learn something from you. I'm gonna. I need to stop putting my phone. I cannot in.
0: tell you leaving your phone downstairs is such a game changer.
1: It's a stressor just to have it in the room. Yeah. It's, there's such thing as micro stress. So we might say like, in my life, I haven't got a lot of stress. We might say that, but actually what we do not realise is that even if we're in the room with our phone, when we're looking at it, we're seeing it flash It triggers something in our brain. We're like, oh, what's that? I've got to, I've got, it's taking you away from that moment. It's taking you away from where you are and engaging where you are. It's a micro stressor. If you add up all of those little kind of micro stress, I'm terrible at notifications. Yeah. I think. You've got to have them all off, haven't you? They've got to, I turn them off flashing up on my screen, but if there's an email, like if there's a number there, I'm not one of these people that could, I've got friends that's got like 7,500, and I'm literally itching kind of, I'm just just wanting to.
0: How can you do that? But it, going back to the World Book Day, it's going to be a theme here. Because I don't have my phone in the room, I did have to have, sit and have a think about what I could do. Whereas if I was yeah. in my room, I would be Googling it. And it but think of the discussions that it it it. used to
1: come out of not knowing stuff. We used to have to sit with the unknowing. We used to have to sit with the fact that we could sometimes, you know, speculate about something and not know. Yeah. Whereas we do not. And I think that that translates to kind of on this emotional, like with the anxiety, it feeds anxiety. A lot of working with anxiety is coming to terms with the fact that we do not know what's going to happen yeah. tomorrow. And I think if on, a, if on a level, like a cognitive level, we cannot sit with the fact that I do not know, what is it, Saturn, one of those planets isn't listed as a planet anymore? Pluto. Pluto, thanks. i would Google it, but my phone's over there. You know, something comes up and it's like, oh, I, I can just find that out. You know, we we find sitting with the unknown very hard, and we know that we can. Do you think that's why
0: coronavirus is going insane? Because people, there's no, there's no easy, like quick answer,
1: and and that triggers something in all of us. There's only so much we can do, and it's the unknown. And actually, you know, life is the fifty shades of grey in between the black and the white anxiety loves the focus and and this is why it's so i'm so passionate about getting to the bones of anxiety and really understanding it because otherwise you're just going to be like the whack-a-mole like now i've got anxiety about this now it's about that now it's about the coronavirus now it's about anything you know so it's about really kind of getting underneath all of that
0: i asked the good people of instagram Mm. if they were currently feeling overwhelmed and 84% were (sighs) I, th- I don't know if I, my overwhelming thought was, what about the rest of you?
1: <laughs> like but how- that is a massive amount. It's a huge amount. That is a massive amount of people that are just sitting there feeling like they're living life in the panic. Yeah, from the bottom of the barrel.
0: And then I asked them, is overwhelm something you feel often or sometimes? And 86% said often.
1: That's huge. Yeah. And there's got to be another way because it isn't a That's sustainable a way, way no, of living. It really isn't. It's not a sustainable way of living. Like a voice in my head does say,
0: look, my audience are in a certain part of their lives, you know, mm-hmm. we, and they're, yeah. they're similar to your audience. You know, they are. Cherry Healy always says the rush hour of our lives.
1: Yeah. But we, we live like we're being chased, though, actually. Yeah. A lot of us, don't we? So that's kind of a, quite an aspect But accurate, it is a challenging if, if it we is, do. It's yeah. hard. But we have to start prioritising the things that are going to come up against this sense of overwhelm. When you again, when you peel away the layers, it comes down to not feeling enough the way that I think about it, or if I, I used to be very much like, no, you're enough, you're enough, you are enough. Actually, I think we're not. You know, we I'm are not. I'm pulling a face for the people who face. are listening, not You know, we are not, we are not enough. Should. We are not enough to be fulfilling all the roles that we feel we need to be fulfilling mm-hmm. to the standard that we feel like we should be fulfilling them to. We are not enough. We were never meant to be enough. We will never be enough. And when you are constantly trying to push yourself to do something which you were not fully created to do to the extent that you feel you shouldn't, the extent that our culture is selling us that we should be, you're you're going to feel that sense of shame. You're going to feel that sense of guilt. And that's what's going to find you on the floor, feeling rubbish about yourself and critical towards yourself because you're trying to reach for something that was never an achievable And there's also goal. the
0: other layer on top of that is that you assume that everyone is achieving it. But, you know, everyone's got dead plants in their house. Oh, everyone
1: yeah. re- greets their partner saying, with like- hostility on a Friday night. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> we're not acing it no and you know what i as i think because of my job i i see i get a real glimpse into the behind the scenes like i get a lot of dms i see the mess i see the pain i see the panic i see the that sense of like i'm not enough i've got this guilt and then i see their pages and you would never know that that's fine but i think we all have to just keep coaching ourselves. We're hardwired to believe what we see and we're hardwired to believe what we think.
0: Yeah. That's neither the, of the those. The moment you you realise that your thoughts can be lying to you, yeah. it's like, what
1: the fuck? Yeah. What have I been believing? You know, what are my narratives that are so deep set that's going to take a good bit of very valuable and valid work I'm doing. But one of those is that everything is not what we see and everything and our thoughts are, you know, not always true either. No. But you do then realise that being called a supermom is a is is considered a compliment. It's it's not a it's not a badge of honour, it's a problem. We're looking and holding to esteem in each other. We're just, you know, we're all kind of accidentally perpetuating mm. this cycle. I never forget walking down the high street with a double buggy and two under 20 months. You know, with my sunnies on in the summer, marching into town to a playgroup. I must have honestly looked like I was bossing it. Oh my gosh. I was in pieces. I'd just been hyperventilating on the floor to my husband saying, I can't do this. I'd thrown my son's digger so hard against the floor that I'd smashed it. But I did actually want to smash it. <laughs> it didn't make me feel better. It just made me feel no. worse. But, but, you know, what? I was worried about telling everyone how much of a mess I was because I thought that I might fall apart once yes. and for all. So, you know, there is also, it's a bit of a coping me- mechanism, isn't it? Looking like you're together. And it's yeah. not because you want to tell the world that it's achievable and you can be super mum. It's because you're worried that if they see you and talk into that vulnerability, you might completely shatter and you can't for the sake of continuing motherhood and functionality.
0: It's funny you should say that one piece of criticism on the, the website that shan't be mentioned, but that I have previously been on and been cut up by. Are they um, call they refer they call me scruffy. And do you know what? I was just like listening to you now. I'm fucking proud that I come yeah. on camera looking scruffy. Yeah. I mean, I often look vaguely scruffy. But I can I can look like I've got my shit together. But when yes. the times in my life yeah. when I'm over-indexing on looking like I've got my shit together, things are falling apart. Yeah. When you're seeing me on camera looking really scruffy, that means I'm happy. Yeah. That means I'm not yeah. trying to prove anything to you. Yeah. No. So screw you. Website, <laughs> no name. Anyhow, carrying worry, on with them, you, this. How does overwhelm show up for you? And these are some of the answers. Panic attacks, mm. insomnia, which you've already covered, nausea. It comes monthly. Well, we can all relate to that. <laughs> but it like, is... What do you mean I've got PMT? Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you, but you're, no. you're right. <laughs> I
1: think that will push you into, yeah. the, into the overwhelm the territory. We need a margin between our load, the stuff we have to do, and our limit to what we're able to do yeah loading our limits so yep. all the things you have to do and what you're actually capable of you need a margin it's like a, it's like a savings account right you have yep. a savings account in case the washing machine breaks then you don't have to go without food so you just you know money for a rainy day you need a, a bit of contingency mm-hmm. and we live we live in that gap we push it we we lived i think i do live to my limit Mm. so when i get pmt when happens, yeah. or when the kids get sick or Which i get often. sick or i've had a terrible night because charlie's we the bid twice We've got nowhere know, to go 425 and start it's fine so then it's just the straw that broke the camel's back you know because you're already done yeah you're living to that done point you you're living in the you know the the red bit of the petrol in, playing in the survival game Survival mode. yeah so yeah, PMT will, will... Send you over
0: the edge. <laughs> it will. Oh, but it gets more vicious the older you get. But maybe that's why it gets more vicious, because you're more overwhelmed the older you get. Do you, you know get. what?
1: I've done quite a lot of research into this because after I had Florence, my hormones were all over the shop. It was just terrible. Insane. And what it was saying that is is your body, and I don't quote me on this because I was just massively paraphrasing, your body will prioritise dealing with stress over equalizing your hormones right because when we're in stress it's it's telling our nervous system that we're at risk that we're at threat so it prioritizes that to keep us safe mm-hmm. so when we're living in that sense of stress that feeling of being chased our body is is prioritizing trying to kind of moderate our system so when that is compromised with like hormones or like tiredness then it just we don't deal with it as well we can't deal with no. it as well because it's not just it's not being things. prioritized yeah hmm interesting it's called the pregnenolone steel oh boy i probably not pronounced that right. Um, yeah. other ways it showed up is
0: anger procrastination and i'm not going to read one, this one out but it came from my husband ben and my it's so bad that my initial reaction was like you've never been overwhelmed and it's like there you go check yourself men can feel overwhelmed as well mm-hmm. Other ways it shows up is feeling the crazy need to control your surroundings, which is definitely what I do. I forget and lose things, which for me, I lose my wallet every time shit is hitting the fan and crying. (laughs) Can't be a bit of crying, can you? I love a good cry, though.
1: But again, it's just those emotions. It's, you know, it's when the floodgates open. It's when that vulnerability is kind of enabled and it just all comes because we don't we don't leave space for it in the day to day.
0: And also learning to communicate. It's taken me a long time to learn to communicate before I
1: get to that on the yeah. floor stage. But that's, you know, you really. listed three of your red flags yeah. and that's why it's really important. So it is, it's about checking in with yourself. And again, that's something we do so well with the people in our lives that we love. Like if you think about your children, you're constantly thinking, what do you think? What do you feel? What do you need? Do you need a nap? Do you need dinner early? You know, we need to start, checking in with ourselves what do I feel what do I need you know am I hungry am I tired do I need a wee have I been hopping around the kitchen for an hour even though I'm like in jumping distance from the toilet like if we're not even meeting our basic needs what message is that giving to us you know what what's that doing to our self-esteem when we think if my son was like mommy I'm tired and I'm like I'm busy I'll put you to bed in an hour I'm tired okay later later but also what are we saying to them? What, what am I saying to my son if I'm completely ignoring even his basic needs? Mummy, mommy, I'm cold. Okay, well, you'll be fine. You know, I'll go and get him a jumper or, or I, you know. It's like we would be telling them that they weren't worth their basic needs being met. Yeah, so what, when we're constantly overlooking our own even basic needs. And when I talk about self-care, I'm not just talking about the lovely acts, the lovely things, the massages, all of that stuff. I'm talking about... Are you hungry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Do you need a wee? You know. Do you need to be spoken kindly to? Him. Do you need a hug? Like, yeah. do you need to call a friend for five minutes? Because if we're not even meeting those needs again, what are we doing to our self-esteem? We're telling ourselves that we're not worth a glass of water. So then, when it comes to the opportunity for rest, we have to feel worth that too. Yeah. Like we feel like we have to earn it. And even then we don't get to enjoy it because we don't feel like feel we're guilty. We feel like we're sidestepping yeah. a list that is sitting very heavily on our shoulders. Mm. You know, And you think back to the old working day, they'd have a morning break and a lunchtime break and an afternoon break, and it wasn't just to pamper the staff. it was because they recognized that rest is conducive to good work. Mm. You know And so many of the non-negotiable building blocks of our mental health have become optional which is why we're knackered and overwhelmed because we have to work hard for rest and we never feel like we've worked hard enough to actually enjoy it. We crash into bed.
0: I did ask the people of Instagram how they ease and avoid overwhelm. Most of them said lists and I felt very understood. That is how that blog came about. It was my way of processing everything that I couldn't understand about myself. Baths, baths so I think baths are really great mm. because you do have to put your phone down or you should be I mean
1: <laughs> you, you wild people. You, you, you risk <laughs> yeah. that's my rebellion
0: saying no and cancelling things which is such it feels like such an act of rebellion but it is all right not to do stuff it
1: is it's I think it's also in that you have to know yourself because you have to know that actually sometimes it's about stepping out of your comfort zone and having that social interaction and sometimes the self-loving thing is just not
0: yeah it's true it depends because actually what I found is when my mental health is at its worst it's got a it's very good at tricking me to cancel the things that i need most which Mm. is seeing friends Mm. or exercising and you know it's funny isn't it other coping strategies remembering to breathe which god that's a big one isn't it it's a big one but it's
1: the freest and most effective effective form of addressing that kind of nervous system activating the parasympathetic nervous system which is calming that nervous system stress response down because If you think back to the cavemen, their nervous systems are basically there to kind of be fired up should someone, should a bear come, so that they can literally run for their lives and save their family. We still have that stress response, but a lot of the triggers are their thoughts. Like mm. they they don't actually require us to run to run for our lives, mm. but we still have that physiological response. So what the breathing does, you know, many of us used it in labour. Yeah. So in fact, that was when I realised quite how powerful it is. And I thought this is so good. I'm going to carry on. Now I use it when I drive past lorries we can feel that kind of that shallow breathing yeah. and it just it increases the cortisol and the adrenaline. And, and often that's why we're not sleeping well because we've got too much of it in our body. So if we're able even practice the breathing when you don't need it, so that when you're stressed and feeling overwhelmed, it's really instinctive to you. Practice it at night. It's a great time to practice because mm. it will actually benefit your sleep. But yeah, the breath. The breath. so important.
0: Even just the mindfulness of focusing on that and not thinking yeah. about what you're thinking about.
1: Yeah, and overthinking actually is also another one of those yeah. those fillers in that jar with the sand, you know, it's the phone, it's the it's that constant, but then but then anxiety and overthinking is actually often a coping mechanism to avoid dealing with the thoughts and the feelings that are actually sometimes harder to deal with mm. that want more attention so we can fill our minds with stuff and overthinking and going around you know off all these different scenarios. It, t- it takes brain energy. It takes up space. It takes focus. So, finding ways to kind of dress overthinking can also be really helpful because our-, our brains are just constantly Mad. busy. You know, no wonder we feel overwhelmed. We're running 100 miles an hour. We're thinking 100 miles an hour. In a, in a low
0: moment between Ben and I, I listed all the things in my head. <laughs> well, I was like, by wrapping paper, Buy cars, get well book Day costumes, water the plants, get dog food, get some new leggings, you know, get a new size up on nappies. He's like, is that seriously what's in your head? And I was like, I just want you to see this in a very, very yeah. physical. I was just like, out of interest, could you just highlight the things that you're thinking about on there? And it was a and it was a, it was and all he would have been thinking about was bloody sport. No. <laughs> 50% true. But it was good for him to see what was in my head, but also off the back of that activity, we had to move things over to his list. So I picked, I really hate doing the washing. That's like a real trigger for me. And so he now does it. Mm. Um, What I've had to really learn about myself is that he doesn't do it how I would like him to do it. He does it. He likes to get quite a build-up and then do loads of washes. I would prefer that he did it day-to-day. But I have to literally cross that off my list. It's not my gig. And that is... That is, again, adds to the overwhelm because there are so many things where it would probably be easier for me to do it. I could do it quicker and I believe I could do it better. But until you start relinquishing that control and going, OK, let him do the plants. And if he kills them, that's fine. That's let him do it. The, you, otherwise, it. we don't get that's anywhere.
1: It. And you know what? You I think I, they won't do it as well as me. They won't do it as quick as me. Probably very True. But how much is that, you know, it's that emotional load. And it's not even, it's got to be more than just, can you put that wash on? Because actually, there's a lot of unseen load there, right? It's you thinking, right, Woody needs that for school. Mm. You know, that hasn't been done for a while. That needs folding and putting away. So actually, you know, if you just hand over the actual action, you're still holding the weight of the the lead up thinking. So actually just just to hand the whole thing over and, and be like, and it's, you know, a lot of this is coming to terms with the fact that we just cannot do it all. No. It's not working for us. That's why we're all sat here wondering how we can make this better. And it is just changing those, you know, those perfectionist levels that, yes, we know we can do it. We know we can do it all. Well, yeah. We can do it all. But what the heck gets lost in the process? It's costing something, to have those standards there. It's costing something to be living at such a speed. Yes, sure, you can function and it's working, but, but what's getting lost? It's the, you know, that anxiety, that panic. You know, I got appendicitis when I was pregnant with Charlie, but it was really interesting because actually, you know, when these things do happen, we we learn, you know, don't let it take appendicitis in pregnancy for you yeah. to learn to get to that place of actually, yeah, people around me can do it. It might not be done how I, you know, I might get home and the cupboard's stacked weird. But, you know, the kids, <laughs> the kids were fed and... Yeah, they're fine. You know, and, and, and there's a cost to all of this. There's a, you know, there's a cost to it all. And often it's us. It's our happiness. It's our peace. It's our joy. It's our ability to enjoy the moment without feeling kind of suffocated by all of the stuff. I
0: asked people for some questions and before I share them, I had many messages to say how great you are. Oh. And they're right. You are really, really great. <laughs> So I needed That's to share nice that. Things. How do you identify when overwhelm becomes something more serious like postnatal depression?
1: I think when it's ongoing and I think it's really helpful for us all to think back to a really like happy and healthy time in our lives. What did we feel like? What did our life look like? What did our day look like? What were the things that we did when we were feeling a bit low and, and actually use that as a reference point? again you know when things kind of happen incrementally sometimes we don't quite realize how mm. hard and challenging and bad it's got so looking back and using what you remember to be you and how far have things changed and what's the difference there and how long has it been feeling like this for and i always say to people if you're questioning whether you've got postnatal depression if you you're questioning whether you've got depression it's worth getting support yeah. it doesn't matter whether you tick eight boxes out of 12, it comes back to worth again. You know, it comes back to like, I'm worth getting support. I'm worth telling a friend. Mm. I'm worth, you know, challenging the fact that, yes, I might feel like a burden, but does a friend feel like a burden to me when they come and open up? If not, then what, maybe it's an honour for a friend if I Mm. go and talk to them about something that's hard for me. You know, we all we all deserve to get that support and I think you know don't wait until you feel like you tick a load of boxes on a spreadsheet somewhere until you and sometimes well a couple of things to add at the
0: point when uh, my anxiety was the most crippling quite a long time ago now I knew that it had become a thing because it it was encroaching into parts of me that I didn't expect it to ever Mm. you know I've, I've always loved traveling and I was somewhere and thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I was going out and didn't want to do that anymore. And if, if it edges into parts of you that feel like it changes you, then it's time to get help. Yeah. But also I found the very act of seeking professional help was the stepping stone, not before even seeing anyone, but reaching out to get yeah. help is the stepping stone to getting to getting better because it's yeah. acknowledging it isn't it it's that
1: moment of surrender yeah and I think that's always been a turning point for me and I know with most of the clients that I've ever had when they've hit like a real low it's that point of you know what I actually haven't got this
0: no this isn't you know I'm actually not, not, not okay
1: this isn't fun for me no. I'm not I'm not enjoying life I'm not able to enjoy the things I used to and it is that it's that that is the turning point yeah. and that that requires vulnerability and that's a big challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, the problem
0: with anxiety is that it becomes preemptive. So you're, then you're worrying before you've even gone out and suddenly yeah, your life gets smaller anxiety. and smaller. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and also you can't imagine that things can ever get better, but they absolutely
1: yeah. can. So I've got, I've got some tips. Give us some tips. On how we can do this. So I think, first of all, you know, it's really important to check in with yourself I always say to, to clients, more is always, FFN, fear, feeling, need. You know, the way that you check in with your family. What, am I fearing anything? Am I worried about anything right now? What am I feeling? How do I, what do I need? And you know what? Like, that's such a challenging question to mm. ask people. Like, if I'm to say to you, what do you need? Like, what do you need? <laughs> Time off. That's yeah. always going to be the answer, isn't okay, it? Okay, so if that's the answer, then how might you get that? Okay, maybe you, you don't get like a weekend spa break. I we mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Afternoon. But what can you what can you get? Is it actually just you know when the kids are down? Just what's it time off from? Is it kind of overstimulation? Is it people needing you? Can you shut yourself away in the bathroom for an hour with a book? You know, how can you get a little bit of that? Because yeah. I think often we think, well, oh, I can't. It's Got to be big. I want a flipping holiday. I'm not going to get that, am I? But it's like, what about that holiday? Is it that you need? Is it that? that change? Is it, is yeah, it, nature, you know, or is it proper conversation yeah. with your partner? And how can you, you know, how can you get a little bit of that? And again, kind of meeting those basic needs. So recognising your basic needs. Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I cold? You know, and what can I do about that? Like, what do I what do I need? Because if we're not meeting those, then we're going to find it hard to believe we're worth rest, which is like the antidote to all of this. Questioning yourself about what, what are the things that make you you? like what what makes you you is it is it drawing is it is it like having a laugh is it time with certain friends and how can you reintroduce because those are the things that get edged out and that
0: actually is where i think motherhood is such a trigger for this because you have to reemerge as a different person is it mm, if to get- i think
1: sometimes we have this idea of motherhood that we to be a good mother we have to give ourselves completely away and then we end up with nothing left and then we're tired and we don't know who we are anymore you know, sometimes it's a case of how can you reintroduce just little things that make you you. When I went through this whole kind of crash, burnout crash, I found it really hard to to do nice stuff for myself. Mm. I was I felt guilty, I felt ashamed, and Taryn marched me into the local David Lloyd and was like, For the love of God, <laughs> you will come here because you are intolerable. And you know, I think I had just felt like I was a martyr to my I was, you know, I was doing everything for everyone because that's what I should have been doing. But I didn't realise that it wasn't just me that was paying the price. It was was him. It was the kids. I was snappy. I was grumpy. I was impatient. I was finding it really hard to respond in a way that I like to as a parent. So it kind of really taught me that self-care isn't just about me. Like we've got this whole thing that self-care isn't selfish. Well, it isn't, but actually it's refilling you so that other people can enjoy you. Like Taryn will enjoy me so much more when I've had some time to kind of refuel than when Mm. I'm living from the bottom of the barrel and not even seeing the flowers that he's brought home, you know?
0: Yeah, and even if that's an easier way of justifying it to yourself, that's yeah. which and nothing is yeah. But, but you, sometimes you, we can short circuit it more. Like, absolutely, I should actually do this to be I've a got better to do, mother. I've
1: got to do it to be a better mother. So if it if it's easier to do it for someone else to begin with, then sure, start off with that's better than nothing. But then in time, what you're doing is you're building your self-esteem back mm. up. You're, so you're start, you're telling yourself that you're worth doing this. I love the
0: whole concept that you talk about often on Instagram which is also reframing things so it's not about making an excuse for the overwhelm but there is for me when things begin to crash it's that I've got a lot on and then I talk negatively about what I've got on whereas mm. when you're like oh I, I get to I get to instead of I've got to yeah. that's
1: honestly changed that that has changed my life so the whole thing is about changing I've got to to I get to and it's so simple but I, I seriously cried in front of my washing machine the other day because I was like oh I've got to do the washing And suddenly I was like, no, I get to do the washing. And I started thinking about how blessed I was to have my children's clothes to wash. Like the fact that I have a washing machine in my home, you know, that we are affording a mortgage for. And suddenly like this thing just became this, like this honour. And I I don't do it for everything. Sometimes I'm literally like chanting down the road in the rain as I do the school one. I get two, I get two, (laughs) I get, you know, because it's it's this kind of self-parenting of ourselves and like coaching ourselves into it. But- that 's been like gratitude has been such a game changer for me, and not in a cheesy way, like it really has. I learned this morning of a friend that had died in a car crash, and i I knew him at uni i haven 't spoken to him for years, and he was an amazing guy, and I think one of the things that he'd written that had been reposted was about like if we live not doing things because of what other people think or because of obligations. Then we'll, ne- you know, we won't live the life we're meant to live. And two things, like I just think that's bigger picture thinking. It's mm. sometimes we literally need to look up, like we need to look up into the sky and think there is so much more than, you know, just about about life in the bigger picture. Yeah. Than and the, than to-do than the list. kind of the to do list and the, the nitty gritty of what we feel is, is so drudgy. You know, there's a bigger <laughs> picture. Like this is our life. This is our one life, and I don't think anyone gets to the end and thinks thank god i chased the end of that to-do list for my whole life you know it's stuff like that and it sounds morbid and it's sad that it takes this to remind me but i want to look into my children's face and i want to be there i want to be there not not just talking about being there forever i mean i want to be with them i want to have my husband in my bed and think i'm like yeah, you're really annoying sometimes, but <laughs> I don't want you to touch like, me, but I like you <laughs> <laughs> i've got I've got you there, you know, yeah, we're looking here, like do you know what I mean, sometimes it is about just drawing ourselves back to the presence and reminding us what yeah, what it is about um, finding the joy in those mundane day to day things that that one day you know that some people would just die for those mm. the day to day back. And it's about finding the gratitude in that and, and looking up from the stuff and thinking, Yeah, that's important. There that cool. might be residue that wouldn't have do you know what I mean? And and what yeah. you said about it doesn't matter. They can't like, go let to, that let that be your mantra. And they can go
0: yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It
1: doesn't matter. They can go
0: to, sc- to school with a rubbish world but they costume yeah. and they you know, if I asked them what they went as last year, they won't remember.
1: I'm not spending ages making something. I'd rather sit on TV with with Taryn or, yeah. That's the thing, it's become
0: so far away from, I need to get over this, but it just feels so (laughs) far away from the thing that it's unimportant. Thank you. You've given me so much to think about. So first of all, where can people find you? And is there anything you want to shout about? There is. (laughs) You've got to do this bit now properly.
1: Um, I am at, at Anna Martha on Instagram. And I've written a book called Mind Over Mother, and it is about postnatal anxiety and worry. So it's kind of focused on the first year. So a lot of the, I wrote it when Florence was a very little baby between her nap times and, but do you know what? It was such a relief to write it because I'd had it in my head for so long. I was just desperate nice. to get it on the page. It only took me eight weeks. You know it was just all the bit before that was. Oh, It was eight a relief I told you with I a books in my head. It's so annoying. I've already re- like mentally written the next one. But, um, yeah, so Mind Over Mother, and it's, again, it's about about that worry and anxiety and the hormones and the nap anxiety and that sense of, like, the the worry about health. And it's saying, sure, it's common, but it doesn't need to take from your experience of motherhood. It doesn't need to rob you of your enjoyment of those times, and this is how not to let it. If you could have one honest
0: conversation with somebody, whether that be someone in your past, someone you know now, someone on the internet, a younger version of yourself, who would it be and what would you say?
1: Oh my goodness, I should have prepared myself for this one. I think that off the top of my head is someone that I massively admire. I love Brene Brown. I, just, I don't know if loads of... But when I, she did a TED Talk called oh The Fun. Power of Vulnerability oh, and it changed my life. I went from a therapist that was very much... I don't know. I, I was taught in a certain way and I was kind of quite formulaic in the way I worked to so just being like, you know what, this is really all it's about. It's about openness and honesty and letting people see you and getting comfortable with being seen and not being <laughs> afraid to see yourself. And that's that's really kind of the essence of like everything I do. And it is hard sharing my own story, but all I want to do that for is because I I want to show vulnerability so that it can encourage other people. So I'd like to have a chat with her.
0: I mean, can I come? don't even know what I'd say. I would like to meet Brene Brown, but I think I need to be a, do a bit more life first so that I've got a bit more to talk about. <laughs> do I ask the people of Instagram to complete the sentence, I'll be honest, I? And I'm going to read them out and I'm going to do one and then I'm going to ask you to do one. OK? Mm-hmm. So I'll be honest, I want to eat melted cheese every second of the day, <laughs> have no idea what TikTok is, <laughs> Blame myself for my sexual assault. Think about kicking my husband in the nuts when he's snoring. Take on too much for self-validation. It's poignant, isn't it? Mm. And panicking about being pregnant with my third baby. What have we got to say about that? Three kids is a breeze, right? love it. Like, we love it. It's hard, but it's brilliant. It's hard, but it's good. I'm shitting myself about coronavirus. <laughs> Think I have chicken pox, but I'm secretly looking forward to being off work. <laughs> <laughs> think hummus is very overrated and more anxious than people realise. Do you want me to do mine first or do you want to do yours? I've got one. Go get it out of your head.
1: I've got to be honest is that is that how it starts? (laughs) I'm wearing deodorant for the first time in years and my friend was shocked I had to ask her to borrow some and she was like what you don't have any I just don't I I just don't and I thought well I might get a bit anxious and sweaty so I probably should but I didn't have any and that's the reason I'm like... looking
0: at you like this, and you can read it on my nose, I am going to say, if I'm honest, I'm worried I'm getting worse BO as I get older. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and then I don't know and whether it's worse when I've got my period or whether my nose oh, is no. just more... Oh, Are you ones... just overthinking <laughs> yeah. it.
1: But I, nobody well, wants... I might have had BO all along and no one's told me. Maybe I've got How a terrible... How do you not wear I deodorant? Don't... I just... Parenting is so sweaty. I don't. I don't know, but but from the shock of my friend when I asked if she had any, I think I need to add some to my shop. I don't think you smell. Thank you. Well, I won't tonight. No, I'm waiting for you to say. You don't smell. Great. Thanks. To wind
0: this up, I want to again thank the sponsors of tonight, Destinology and the Hoxton Hotel, and all of you lovely lot for coming out. Thank you very much for listening.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Honestly. If you found this week's episode interesting, which I hope you did, I'd love to know your thoughts, so please do give me a rating or review and even better, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get each week's episode delivered straight to you.